0: Hey y'all, it's your girl KC back with another episode and I have a very special guest, a special friend of mine, Mr. Toddrick DeVoe. Hey, 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 hey everybody. <laughs> I'm so excited to have DeVoe, as I call him, um, on the show today. I don't even think that he knows, but this is our season finale episode for season one. <laughs> And I just thought this would be so fitting to discuss mental health and football. Um, Tajir Devo, for those of you who don't know, spent some time um, playing in the NFL, and he also we met working um, in the school system. We were both school counselors, and we just share some of the same sentiments as it comes as it pertains to mental health and our youth, and definitely even in. the the league and just in sports with youth in general. So um, I thought it'd be fitting to have Devoe on the show for today. So we're going to dive deep into the episode. Again, we're talking about the stigmas, um, present, past, and even future around mental health within the football and, you know, in the NFL league. So I want to start off by just asking you, Devoe, to just tell us about your background and how this topic kind of just hits home for you.
1: Okay, so my name is Tadrick DeVoe. Um, Like she stated, I was born and raised in South Florida. Um, I graduated from Board Anderson High School for my South Florida people out there. I went to (laughs) University of Central Missouri. Out of college, I had the opportunity to go and play professional football. Uh, at the time, I didn't realize how special that moment was. Um, everybody I know wanted to play in, and out of the universe of people to pick. Some odd reason I got chose, which is a blessing. I also played Canadian football. I played a year in Germany for the NFL Europe. I played a couple of years of um, arena ball, which was probably the best professional football experience I ever had. I ended up coaching and... Once football was over for me, it's kind of what led me to become um, interested in mental health because I was going through my own depression, my own things that was going on. So I was looking for a second career and it just so happened. This is what caught my eye. It caught my attention. You know, I was talking to my personal therapist at the time and I felt like this what was needed, not only for me, but in order to help my community and try to get them to understand the importance of releasing, learn how to relax, and just take mental health by the hand and allow it to, to reshape our community because we need it real bad.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, this is so exciting. I'm so excited that you agreed to come one because I think this is a conversation that just needs to be had, especially Within, you know, the sports arena, especially football, but just within sports across the board, because we have so many people, um, you know, men especially who go through so many different things. And when they're put into the limelight, it becomes harder to focus on those things, i.e. mental health, which is, you know, a big thing in our country today. Thankfully, you know, we have more spotlight on mental health. Um, so I wanna go into the first questions and I wanna just ask you, what do you think um my our listeners today, what do you think they need to know about mental health and football players? And then what would you like or what would you like them to hear or get from today's episode?
1: I think a lot of people, um, including myself, before I actually, you know, became a part of that fraternity, a lot of people don't understand the the mental side of, of being a professional football player, I mean an athlete okay. in general. Um, okay. For somebody like me who I grew up, you know, not poor, but I grew up having nothing, I'm going to say that um, my first paycheck being probably more than my mom made in that whole year mm-hmm. and being able to become a provider not only for just my immediate family, my mom and my two sisters, but everybody, my friends, my, my, my people who I thought was friends. So, A lot goes into it. So when you see athletes like the young ladies in the Olympics that said she was mentally unstable to compete, those Mm -hmm. are real that's real deal because not only are you competing for a gold medal, you Mm -hmm. you have to go out there and perform. Meaning the expectations of failure are just as high as the expectations of you to succeed. Mm -hmm. So when you Mm -hmm. hearing so many people say things like, um, She's the greatest, you know, that that's a lot of pressure. And athletes and football players as well because you are the top of the top of your profession. Yeah. So you get paid a lot of money to go out there to perform and get criticized for whatever you lack.
0: Yeah.
1: And at the end of the day, you have to deal with that. You have to go home and face that head on. You have to worry about, are you going to have a job tomorrow? Even the guys that are making A large amount of money they still have pressures that they have to deal with as well so you know again and i kind of got off track but i say that to say you know before i became a professional football player i thought it was a game i thought it was all fun all games but i didn't really understand the mental toughness i needed for me to be successful and just to be honest with you um i failed in that department because i let society, let me say society, I let my family, I let my circumstances become greater than what I was doing. So it, it, it allowed me to venture off mentally in other spaces and not focus on what I needed to in order for me to actually perform at a high level.
0: Yeah, wow. That's so good that you mentioned, um, damn, what is her name? Simone, Simone, the, the gymnast, because when that that story first cracked about her, you know, talking about her mental health and how she had to just take a break, I think even I, even as a mental health professional, I kind of slipped into that worldly thought where it's just like, you have all the money in the world. Like, you know, it's easy for you to go out and do this. Like, this is fun. And I think a lot of people think that, especially about You know football players are like you said athletes across the board because it's just like mental health like what do you mean you don't have no problem (laughs) money can buy any problem or make any problem go away so it's just it's crazy that you say that because i even as a mental health professional i still can get sucked into that mentality like you have money that can just erase every problem in the world so that that's so true. I, I That's it's just something that people, a lot of people don't even, I think, realize that that's a trending thought across the board for so many people in the world.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, just just for conversation purposes, a lot of people who haven't had the opportunity to um, walk in those, you know, those shoes, the one thing they say is entitled, mm-hmm. spoiled. Yeah. That's not the case because yeah. once you take all that away, I'm just like you. Yeah. So you have problems just like I have problems. If right. you're going to work 80 hours a week and you get paid and you got bills to pay, you probably got kids. You probably got other things that you need. Unfortunately, on a higher level, so do they. Yeah. And it's like not only do they have to worry about them, they have to worry about everybody with their handout. If you don't have your handout, now you have to worry about people taking from you, right, things right. like that. So, you know, it, it's it's a lot that come with it and I'm sure as we go on and um in the podcast is some things that I'm I'm sure that I know will yeah. be kinda of disappointing, but you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, for sure. Wow. Whew, we're already starting off good. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, um what do you think and just as a part of culture today, what do you believe is the current culture around mental health in the NFL how is it different now than it was maybe when you played or even before you played
1: I think it's I think it's a thing now I think it's actually part of the NFL whereas before you would be embarrassed to go and tell somebody oh man I I'm, I'm, I'm stressing about this or I think I need to see a mental health professional like that was almost like a forbidden thing. Because it, it made it as if you was unstable. Yeah. It made it as if you were unhuman. Because and again, because you're a professional athlete, they think everything is so hunky dory when it's not. Yeah. And when you have to suppress those things inside, it's hard for you to to perform. And I hate to say what I'm about to say, but that's why back then a lot of suicides was happening, a lot of mm-hmm. drinking was happening, a lot of mm-hmm. drug use was happening. Because the resources were not available compared to now. I mean, now you can't see a mental uh, a NFL ad that doesn't mention mental health. Yeah. And so you, you you even got got it to the point now where the majority of the teams in the NFL have direct mental health professionals on their staff in their building. Mm-hmm. So you know, and then on top of that, you got mental health uh, individuals on the the big side in dc at the, mm-hmm. the the headquarters for the nfl so it's such a it's such a thing now that i wish back then we would have had the resources because a lot of us would have benefited from it mm-hmm. um but i'm happy and I'm, I'm very 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 um ecstatic to see the future of this because it can be it, it can eliminate so many outside things outside of uh, being a professional football player
0: yeah for sure for sure i was telling one of my co-workers that um i just recently just randomly saw um at um advertisement for mental health counselor within like the nba and one was in the nfl and i, I told him like i didn't even know that they had that for the nfl and the nba and i was just like that's so beautiful that they have that readily available for the players in the NFL and the NBA, or just even that it's established. I had no clue that that was something that had been established. I, I think that's, it's just, it shows the growth, like you said, in in the profession, in the world of athleticism. So that that definitely took me back, but I was happy. I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is beautiful. It's just yeah. see.
1: Believe it or not, so the the person that I spoke with her about um, how can I get a, be a part of the player, you know, the player aspect of mental health because they need us. Like you need yeah. players that know what you have been through. It's just like addiction. Mm-hmm. If if I was once an alcoholic, you normally put me over some type of peer group mm-hmm. sessions because they can relate better. Yeah. Um, same as with with sports I mean just being able to put it out there to other professionals like hey look your money is way different than mine I understand Yeah. but at some point we both had the same type of job so being able to relate going through the dark side getting out to the light side and trying to make it you know more um, how can I put it just make it more meaningful knowing that I'm not just somebody behind the desk telling you know saying, talk your life away.
0: Right. right. You know, I can
1: actually relate to the majority of the things that you probably are going through. Yeah,
0: sure. That's so good. Mm. So how do you, what, what is your, um, what is your role now within like mentoring? I know that you do a lot with like kids, um, and sports and helping them so what are some of your conversations like with them are you you know talking to them about their mental health or talking to them about the realness of what their maybe goals or aspirations are as far as maybe getting into the league or just playing in college what are some of your conversations like
1: um i think i think what i try to do is tell them you know mental stability as being a well-rounded uh athletic student um, I know it's called student-athletes, but at the end of the day, first and foremost, before you even get there, you have to get from high school to college.
0: Yeah.
1: And I try to explain to them that a 2.0, unfortunately, is not good enough. Yeah. Um, if you're accepting the bare minimum of what it is to play, then this may not be for you because yeah. the expectation is for you to perform well, not only on the field, but in the classroom as well. Yeah. So, like I, and that's phase one. Phase two is going to college. And, like I told, you know, tell them going to college. I try to get all my high school seniors to do 21 days of school waking up by themselves with no supervision, with no mom waking them up, with no nothing. Cut your Mm -hmm. alarm on and get to school on time to try to help them prepare for what it's going to be like because you don't have mom to make your bed, pack your lunch, give you lunch money. You don't have mom to do all those things no Mm -hmm. more. And I think number three, you got to have a solid plan A, NFL or B plan B. Mm-hmm. If you have a solid plan A, then the 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 letdown won't be so hard mm. of you not possibly making it to the NFL because the NFL is a bonus because coming from a division two, I didn't – I thought I was good enough, but I didn't think I was good enough, if you understand what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, like playing at a smaller school lesser competition and of course it's like being a big fish in a little pond so i didn't think what i was doing measured up to what other people who i know personally was doing and i shared that experience with my students because i was that 2.0 person Mm. so by me having to do things such the hard way it, it it taught me a lot of life lessons it made me who i am today but if I can uh, help them avoid that situation at all costs, I'm going to give you whatever knowledge you need.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Y'all, I'm telling you, Devo is like just a genie to these kids. I've, I've watched him and <laughs> I worked with in, uh, beside him. And I just I have to say this and stop and give you your flowers for real, because you truly have the heart to mentor and just give your all to these kids and, you know, in whatever capacity, whether it is sports or just talking to them, to them about school, if academics is their way and they just want to be like the brainiac of the world, you are there to mentor them, motivate them, and let them know like, I see you and you can be great too. And that speaks wonders about just your heart and your character. And these kids see that and they remember those things. So... I have to. I have to give you your flowers because you really are just. You're doing it out here for these kids and I. If no one else has told you, I appreciate it because they need those type, those kinds of role models, um, especially in the grade school years. Because as they get older, so much out here that can distract them and get them off, you know, their course and just let them start to believe like i don't think i'm good enough and i'm not good enough so let me just stick to the bare minimum so yeah you are appreciated for sure
1: <laughs> i thank you i thank you thank you thank you i just wish i can't say i didn't have people i just wish i had those people earlier in life mm. um that was that could have caught me at the middle school age where yeah. things were so uh, fuzzy at the time you know you don't have really you know you didn't have mentors at that time you have somebody that. Tell you to stop running in the hall, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, And now, you know, with a lot of people starting to understand the importance of actually giving it down, even though you're in a in an environment where you're very, very, very underpaid. Yeah, and you still are able to give it your one hundred percent. Like you yourself, number one, Miss H. Number two. Yeah. So you know, to have a team and knowing that there's people out there like you guys. That are actually in these in these kids' lives that involve, you know, that are um, evolved makes a world of difference.
0: For sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> so what would you like to see more of from the next generation of football players as it pertains to mental health? Um what would you like to see? You know what? I would like to
1: see, um, this actually is a pretty, a pretty interesting question. Just fellowshipping with a couple, a couple of friends, um, two of them with therapists as well. Mm -hmm. What I would like to see them do is take self-care, self-love, self-assurance, accountability as a thing. Like I want them to understand the importance of when you love yourself or when you Value who you are as a person beyond the helmet, beyond the name of the team you play for, beyond your money. You make better decisions. Like, yeah. your your decision-making is awesome. Like, one of the best players I've ever been around, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, awesome individual. Like, awesome individual. He's very well-rounded in the sense of mentally, this dude is sharp. Um, you can have a conversation with him. He owns P's and Q's. Financially, he's sharp. Mm -hmm. When he came into the league, you know, he was able to be around somebody that taught him. And he teaches younger players, which is amazing. And he cares about his brand, his image. And so it's not selfish for you to be that way. What it is, it protects you from going out and do dumb things. Like, and I'm going to say a name, and I have nothing against this guy. I actually love to watch him play. His dad right now is the high school coach at my old high school, um, uh, Mr. Brown, Coach Brown. But Antonio Brown. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: (laughs) I was rooting for this man so much because he's a young player that has so much potential Mm. that allowed other things to influence his choices. Yeah. And I think that when he was focused on football, he was the best in his position
0: yeah, in the NFL.
1: Yeah. And then somehow, some way, he kind of lost focus of, of what was important.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
1: You know, he's doing whatever it is that he wants to do as an individual. And I'm 100% happy if that's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But a part of him may always have this feeling of you didn't complete the mission. Mm. And... These are things that people don't think about, but you don't want to have them conversations with yourself because it it causes stress, Mm -hmm. it causes depression, anxiety, you get tired Mm -hmm. of talking about it with people. So if the younger generation can take notes from him, the good and the bad, and just put it all together, I just want to see more uh, well-rounded, self-loving, self-absorbing, not selfish, in the sense of it's all about me, mm-hmm. but selfish in the sense of I take pride in who I am. Yeah. And make sure that none of this BS is gonna affect me because I know I got, my kids to see this in 10 years. My family is watching me. And like a lot of us, a lot of us come from nothing. You're creating mm-hmm. that generational wealth mm-hmm. that you won't be able to create if you go get kicked out or get in enough trouble the way you get banned from the NFL.
0: Right, right. Oh, that's so good. Shameless plug, but the episode before this (laughs) is definitely all about self-love. And I I talk about, you know, having to know yourself and understand yourself. And sometimes it takes for you to be in a season of selfishness so that you're able to be confident in who you are. So you can be great for other people. So self-love is, I mean, it's top notch. It, It just helps everything once you love yourself and truly continue on the journey of self-love it will help you to continue on in your purpose and journey in life so that's so good so so good so good
1: it is and i and i wish it's just one of the things i wish we start teaching our kids um from the time they come out like yeah how to love yourself. And, and it's not selfishness though. Yeah. And that's what people get misunderstood. You mm-hmm. know, there's a the difference between being selfish and loving yourself. And I think that when we teach our babies how to say, Hey, listen, I love myself. You look in the mirror. I am somebody that means a lot. Like yeah. a lot. It, it, it carries so much weight that we just do not know about.
0: Right. Absolutely. For sure. That's, Awesome. So what are some things you believe that we can do to help support the next generation of future um, NFL players and just athletes in general in um, this National Mental Health Initiative?
1: So what I did was I created a, a, um, a journal and it's called The Playbook. And so what mm-hmm. The Playbook is, it's a daily mental health check. Yeah. So what it, what it does is um, it's 21 days and the start of it, you know, I try to meet with the coach and the team once a week. Mm-hmm. What I want them to do is start processing how they feel and why they feel the way they feel. Meaning mm-hmm. if if you're having a good day, um, why did you have a good day? Or, mm-hmm. Are you having a, a day where off day, okay. Rate your day from one to ten. If my day, if my day is is a ten, then the first thing, then the first thing I'm gonna say is, okay, my day was a ten, and I'm going to write it down. So then that way I can understand. Okay, Tuesday, my day was a ten, so right. it was a ten because I did X Y Z. Or I had a four because I went um, PE class. And I didn't dress out, so he gave me a zero, and that kind of threw my day off. I want yeah. them to start tracking what's important and what's not important so they can start understanding the mental stability. Are they starting to create that mental stability for them to be able to move to the next level because you're going to need it.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: that's one of the things that I do. I uh, give it to them. I go meet with, the, like I said, the coaches and the staff. Mm-hmm. Without the players, I try to get them to you know, think about what they bring from home to the mm-hmm. kids, and see mm-hmm. how they can start leaving some of that stuff in the car. Uh, teaching them coping techniques, grounding skills, things that they can do before they get there. Because a lot of what they have going on, it it pushes over to what they're instilling in these kids. Yeah.
0: Like, for
1: instance, for instance, I you can't coach my son wearing flip flops. It's yeah. just it's just <laughs> not happening. Like I don't care what you do, what you say. I don't give a damn who you are. You're not doing it. Yeah. Like you're, not, you're not teaching them because that's something that I won't teach you. So, right. you know, you want to see people that, that are doing things that are teaching your kids how to be a man. Right. I'm not saying that being a man um, doesn't include, you know, wearing flip flops, but you got to go to work. You can't, most people can't go to work in flip flops. Yeah. So it's just values that, that you're teaching.
0: For sure, for sure. That's good. I love that playbook idea. And it starts to have, to show them that it's okay to have the conversation about what you're feeling and and allowing yourself to process our generation of kids. Now they just push through things and just, I'm gonna keep going, but it's so important for them to process through these emotions so that, you know, like some athletes out there, we're not just bottling stuff in and then being explosive on the field or on the court or wherever. (laughs) that that's so good so good that you're doing that with your kids
1: yeah because Um, you know a lot of us are taught a lot of us are taught not to cry (laughs) i don't know why but that's that's what a lot of us grew up on so just teaching the kids how to be in tune with their emotions definitely helps right right
0: for sure awesome so do you have any lasting words that you would like to leave for the future athletes, especially, you know, I know football, um, football players of the future, but just any lasting words that you would wanna leave to the younger generation or even the generation that's doing it now, um, for with mental health or just sports in general?
1: Yeah, I think I think number one, um from the from the like I said, the athletic student aspect of it, mm-hmm. I think you have to start taking that stuff into real consideration about what you want to do have a plan Mm -hmm. that's the most important thing have a very detailed plan about what you want to do um i talk to my son about this all the time my daughter kind of sort of has a plan my other daughter we trying to work on her plan but you know just trying to find things to where you are stable enough so if plan a don't work then you definitely got a plan b My my middle school daughter, we work with her every day on just, you have a planner. And her planner, she has to write what she did in science class. To her, that is the hardest thing. But if <laughs> we can just get her to understand the importance of that, that's teaching her a life lesson yeah. that she can carry with her for the rest of her life. Right. Because the thing is, she got an A and B in math, which lets me know you can do the work.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just the consistency of of doing what is needed for you to create a successful path. That's number one. Mm -hmm. And I think number two is you have to be honest with yourself. Um, I think as an athlete, a lot of us have goals, meaning I want to be the next Jay Rice or the next Deion Sanders or the next Ray Lewis and things like that. Like we don't understand what them guys put into it to make it. And so being at times all different now than they were back then, Mm -hmm. you have to be more in tune with the mental side of things you have to be able to bounce back as fast as they were Mm -hmm. you have to be able to deal with disappointment you have to be able to um, deal with what you're dealing with at home and not allow that to affect you if you have a goal in mind that you're trying to reach you have to be focused enough to see your plan through but you have to be as understanding to know that hurdles come with it and Mm -hmm. just because one hurdle might be higher than the other. I don't mean that that's the end of that road. Right. So you know, if if I could tell them anything, just keep pushing. Get your plan together. Try to be resourceful as possible. Reach out to people that have been there, that have done it. See what they did. How can mm-hmm. you piggyback off them? And and just be open minded to change. That's the one thing we guaranteed in this earth.
0: Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Again, y'all, this is Casey and Todrick DeVoe, affectionately known to me as just DeVoe. I'm so happy you took time to come on and talk to us a little bit about mental health and football and your experiences and all the things that you are just doing and pouring out into our youth um and just the next generation coming up as i want you to continue to check in on your own mental health just like todd and i both said please make sure that you have a, a season of selfishness but also pay it forward when you're able to continue to stay in love and light and until next time i will be back with you all for season two of thriving with a sprinkle of depression talk to you later